You're listening to episode 80 of The Sim Space. How do you feel about the education system where you live? Have you ever wondered how they do it in other countries and how you compare? Tune in to this episode to hear what is working and what isn't in education around the world. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Hey, Natasha. Hey, Claire. So you're Greek. Annette. <laughs> Email <laughs> Yep. (laughs) You like Greek and Greek food. I do. I really enjoyed. You took me to Greece when as a wedding gift, and that was pretty incredible. Now, I will say I would like to go back when it's not winter, because that was really cold. (laughs) It was kind of mean that I took you at that time, because everybody, when you think of Greece, what do you think? Oh, yeah. You see those beautiful pictures, Mykonos, and you have all these beautiful white buildings and the... Santorini. Oh, man. Yes. The beaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I took Claire in December, and um, Greece has mountains. And so when you think of Greece and you're thinking of beaches, well, in fact, in winter, you actually are more in the mountainous area where there's just snow. Because nobody goes to the beaches. It's way too cold to be uh-huh. in the water. And so we went to our vacation beach house, though. It had it no running water, right? Did the it's pipes true. freeze? The pipes froze. You couldn't even uh, flush the toilet because it was frozen. You remember yep. that? Yep. But it was where they filmed Mamma Mia, mm-hmm. which is, it was beautiful. I'm sure it's really beautiful in the summer. It is. But um, I'm pretty sure I wore layers of like everything that I had packed for that 10 days that we were there I wore them all so that I could be warm <laughs> I think that's our pictures looking back on that trip we are like little snow <laughs> women <laughs> like we're just so bundled up so I apologize for that experience no. but it was pretty epic it was um, incredible and it was the only time I've ever been to Greece in the winter and that was with you oh I didn't so, know that yeah and unfortunately everything in Greece is seasonal in terms of food so oh. you never got to have a Greek, Greek salad. salad I really wanted a Greek salad I'm sorry so, yeah. Um, but speaking of Greece, <laughs> the reason why I bring that up is that you have studied something about Greece and education, yes? Okay, so this summer I took a class on the history of education, and our final project, this was an international take on the subject. So every week we were going to a different country and learning about their educational system and the history of it. And so the culminating project was to find our pick three countries that we wanted to learn about and compare their current educational system. Can I ask why? Why do we care about how they do education in other countries? Well, because the U.S. is not very well ranked. (laughs) (laughs) So I've heard. So it is informative to learn about other countries and maybe think strategies um, and ways that they organize education in other countries could inform our own educational mm-hmm. practices. And I think that's a good question to ask me towards the end of oh, this okay. discussion because we can say, so what? Okay. Um, because what I want to tell you is about what I learned because it was a lot of work. So I want to share it with please, somebody. <laughs> please tell me. Yes. Okay. Three countries I picked. Uh-huh. Greece. Greece. I picked the United States because... 
I just wanted to compare it to our own system. Uh-huh. I think that's just really interesting. Okay. And then my uh, group partner wanted to do Poland because she has some family from there. Okay. And so we picked two European countries and the United Poland. States. Poland. Yeah. I don't even know where that is. <laughs> I will. You are now looking at a, a map. map. Oh, oh, okay. I thought that's where I thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing is the how we manage the educational system. So we hear all these things about well, the U.S. is ranked in a certain way or the outcomes are a certain thing. The You've got to understand the scale. So the United States is massive, right? Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> in, ter- in terms of number of people, number of school districts, um, the size of the country, um, Poland fits into New Mexico. Oh. And Greece is like Florida-ish. Okay. So they're small compared to the United States. So when we're trying to tackle education in Greece, it is a very different beast, right, than trying to tackle the United States. Um, And that is one issue. The other one is diversity. In Greece, you are Greek, and you are Greek Orthodox, and you speak Greek. Like, this is 98% of people, right? Like, we're all the same. Uh Uh-huh. And I can't say we, because I'm now I'm American, but no, it's true. all I've my seen relatives. My big fat Greek wedding, and I've met your family, and yeah, you're all it's all, all the same, right? Nikki, Mikos, Mik- yeah. <laughs> so it's very similar people, and that is changing. There is a lot of immigration now, but up until recently, it has been a very um, similar kind of situations of people going to the educational mm-hmm. system, and and you the same in Poland, Polish. They have very similar religious backgrounds. And that is going to be really important when you're talking about education. Because how you're having to support students, like here in the United States, mm. we have a lot of diversity. We have a lot of different languages spoken. So, of course, the majority speak English, but Spanish is right there with a huge mm. number of families speaking Spanish at home. German. There's all these other languages. Because in Greece and in Poland, I'm sure they have an official language, but we you do not do. have one here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it, it is just a more complex system here. The other interesting thing is the management. So in Greece, it is centralized. So there is the Ministry of Education and actually Religious Services. So there is one department that is doing both education and religion. In really? Yep. They have a national curriculum, so everybody has to learn the exact same things using the same exact approaches, textbooks, everything's the same. Um, They have religious classes in the school, in the public school system that everybody's required to take. They learn Greek, and they learn English starting in, like, first grade. And then by middle school, they're taking ancient Greek and another foreign language in addition to English. Wow. Yeah. I feel lame. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, The same in Poland in terms of the structure. They have a national curriculum. They have very uh, specific classes they need to take. United States, completely decentralized. Mm -hmm. Right? So you're in a private school. But if you're in a public school, you're still kind of doing your own thing based on what the district tells you. Right. What's the name of your district here? Graham ISD. Graham ISD is very differently run than my district of College Station ISD mm-hmm. or San Antonio ISD or Houston ISD. And those, though, all do have to report to the Texas Education Agency, which operates very differently than the Florida mm-hmm. or the 
pick another pick another state. Montana. Montana. <laughs> so we there are attempts at the federal government to have some sort of centralization, like Common Core, Next Generation mm. Science Standards. There's some like federal dollars behind some of these um, national efforts, but it really comes down to the states and what the states want and what the okay, these are the textbooks that you can use, either standards, is there going to be standardized testing? Um, there's some federal funding behind that, but there's just a lot of control at the school district level. So that just makes it a little more uh, complicated to actually study this at all. Like just looking no at mandatory school age, did you know every state, it varies by when your kids have to no. go to school? What I did know this because my sister just moved from Colorado to Texas and mm. she was trying to figure out what grade her kids were and when they would start because she has a son whose birthday is September 6th and that fell on a different year, like when you would start school in Colorado than it was in Texas. Wow. Like when he would start kindergarten. So yeah, it's very confusing. <laughs> it is so confusing. And our teachers, right? You're certified in Texas. Oh, yeah. But then you can't go teach in Florida. You have to take the exam again or, you know, go yes. through some different um, process. And so this age of schooling is different. Interestingly, in Greece, they start school at four. It's required. to. Is it pre-K or is it kinder at four? It's pre-K, but it's a school, like a... Greece, like the national government, runs okay. their pre-K system. So I know... So it's not really pre-K, it's... It's whatever is before <laughs> zero grade, it's not grade zero. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was one interesting thing. Which country do you think spends the most money per student in a year? Poland. And then with who? U.S. And then Greece. And then Greece. You are completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the U.S. Um, more than double per student. It spends really? about $13,800 per okay. student. Poland only spends 8500 followed by Greece at 6000 I got Greece with you You did get Greece, right? <laughs> you were totally <laughs> wrong. <laughs> but it was quite the contrast uh, between... Why? Why do we know. spend this money on? <laughs> that is a whole other podcast episode. It's <laughs> okay. a great question. Um, okay. So we talked about... Curriculum. One thing I mentioned: all these like languages you have to take in Greece. In the U.S., we have a lot of flexibility, right? Yes. So in high school, it's like pick your own path, pick your own adventure. <laughs> it's gotten worse because it, it really used has. to be required to take so many years of foreign language. So I took three years of Spanish, and then I took a year of computer science, and that counted as a foreign language. I don't know if that's still the truth. That's kind of cool, though. But now you can even go to college and. Choose your own adventure, university studies, which I'm still like, what is that? Like, pick whatever classes you right. want and you just call it university studies. I studied at the university. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this is very different. So we're used to this. Most of our listeners um, are generally American. So they're used to this kind of like pick your own adventure in school and they're in high school, right? Mm -hmm. Elementary, you don't really have that much flexibility. Middle school, you start adding in electives. High school, it's meant to... Pick the path that would prepare you for the future that you right. want. We talked about tracking in a previous episode. Yeah. yeah. And so there is a little bit of tracking in Poland and Greece, but they have a very strict, like, you must take these classes um, up to the age across all countries. 
it's about 15 is where it's like these mandatory classes. And then after 15, it's kind of like, you can stay in school or not. Okay. The U.S. in Texas, we have to stay in school until 18. Yes. Some states are actually 16. Hmm. is like mandatory age of school. Um, class sizes. What do you think the differences are in class sizes? I'd say that United States has the biggest class sizes. And then Greece and then Poland. Uh, Greece and Poland tied. So I give this one to you. you okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take <laughs> you that. win the round. <laughs> Let's talk about teachers now. Mm-hmm. Which country do you think pays the most Poland. for teachers? And then? Greece. And then the United States. Yep. Totally wrong. So Poland is the worst. Really? They have a starting pay of 24000 Oh, wow. Yeah. And it goes up to 30000 in 15 years. <laughs> no way. And then Greece is 27000 Goes up to 38000 in 15 years of teaching. In the U.S., we start at 62000 And then go not much higher. To I should have known that because that probably correlates to how much they spend on students. That's true. Yeah. But what is tied to that is how much, how difficult the job is. So total um, hours of instruction in the U S we have about 1,100 hours of teaching in a school year. Poland is 400, 480. So what? Like, <laughs> less than half. Wait, how, why? Because they have prep time and Ooh, lunch. Lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard of that. The days are shorter. So in Greece, um, it's a little more 600 hours. Their school days are like 8 to 1 uh, for elementary. So oh. it's a lot shorter of a day. And they have um, more teachers, so they don't have to teach as much. And they get more prep time and more support. I'm sure a lot of teachers listening would love that. <laughs> yeah. You do get paid a lot less, though. So that is kind of the trade-off. One thing I did like about Poland is... There is a way to move up as a teacher. So in the U.S., you're a teacher, and then you're a teacher, right? Otherwise, you can go into administration. Right. So you can go and be a principal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in Poland, there's, like, a master teacher level. And so there's, like, different levels within. So you start as, like, an apprentice. Okay. And then you're given support and mentors and PD to, like, build you up, which I thought was really cool. Um, And then you get up to this point depending on like your evaluation. So principals evaluate you just like in the U S um, and you can get promotions and pay raises slightly. But oh, that was interesting. That is interesting. I wonder, do you like, what do you get from being a master teacher versus an apprentice? I don't know. Also a good question. <laughs> Great question. So many questions. This was a class project, Claire. I am I'm not sorry. an expert in Poland, but I can tell you what I've learned. <laughs> What I found fascinating is in Greece, you do not get evaluated in your classroom because it is illegal for your administrator to enter your classroom because they have extremely strong teacher unions. Whoa. And so how I feel about that. I know. It's interesting. I'm torn. Me too. I've been thinking about it. So like great teachers will benefit. Yes. Not great. Really bad teachers could get away with some really bad things. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but I, they tried to implement a merit, um, like evaluation system because they were saying it's going to benefit teachers yeah. so you can get support and 
Oh, it failed. The union they said blocked no. anybody entering into teacher classrooms. And so the way the education system in Greece is, it's tenure based. So after the first two years, it's extremely difficult to get a job as a okay. teacher. I was about to say it would have to be. Yes. It's way more teachers that are qualified to become classroom teachers that can't get jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, But once you get that job after two years, you're locked in, you have tenure, they can't really fire you. It's like, it's a government job. It's a civil servant job. And so Mm. you get amazing benefits. Retirement is incredible. No one can evaluate you. You have a lot of flexibility in your classroom. You are teaching to this like standardized curriculum. So you cannot get fired after two years of teaching. I mean, if you do something illegally, you can. But, but they would never know because they never enter. Well, <laughs> someone would report that. But in terms of your teaching performance, okay. well, good thing that kids have cell phones now, and they will put you things. on TikTok if you are crazy. Could they use that? I guess probably they can't come into your classroom. Again, say, I not saw an expert, you but... on TikTok. <laughs> and the last thing I will say about Greece, they have a. Okay, so my aunt is a teacher, and so I I did talk to her about this. And one of the biggest things in the Greek educational system is this pan-Hellenic exam that happens when you are graduating as a student and trying to enter into university. Mm -hmm. There's this two-week time period in the summer that everybody in the country takes an exam, and that exam determines your future, like your whole future. It's like an SAT on steroids. Imagine nothing matters from your previous 18 years of life except for a score on an exam, and that dictates what you get to do in your future. That's, I've read that in dystopian novels. (laughs) (laughs) So they have something called the shadow education system in Greece, which my parents have experienced. They go to school from like 8 to 3, and then they get a little bit of a break, and then from like 5 to 8 p.m. at night, they're going to school again in private tutoring just to prepare for this exam. So starting in like middle school, so for like six years, they are studying for this one exam that they're going to take. That's terrible. Yeah. I know. And what I've seen, well, first, my parents met because my mom failed the exam. She's going to love that I'm saying this. Um, (laughs) So she grew up in a very rural... (laughs) In her defense, though, it shows why this is very unfair. My dad had access to better tutors, Oh, and that piece really helps you prepare for that exam. She didn't have that same um, access, and so whenever she didn't get the score she wanted the first time, they sent her off, and they were like, you need to study and focus. She spent an entire year after high school just studying for this exam because she wanted to go into engineering, Mm. which is a very difficult school to get into. So she studied day and night, and that is, like, she, it was so hard for her coming from this rural background, Mm -hmm. didn't have the resources to break through, and that's the problem with the system. Yes. Is that it really has this inequity. Um, So if your family is very well off, they're going to pay for the best tutors. Um, So that's one challenge in the, in the Greek system, and I can't imagine having to take this exam. I am not a great test taker. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. that would destroy me. I agree. Being a score. Yeah. Just being a score. Yeah. And that follows you the rest of your life. Wow. Okay. I have one last question for you. Okay. (laughs) There is this exam that is a different exam. (laughs) It's the program for international student assessment PISA. 
Um, they do this worldwide exam of math, science, and reading. So it's kind of like a random sample of students across the world, countries that decide to participate, take it. And so we have them ranked in terms of their average score of math, science, and reading. So who do you think ranks the highest from Poland, Greece, and the United States? When do they take this? I don't know. Wait, okay. That's another they, good question. I think it's fifth grade. Okay. So this is before the Greeks start their tutoring. Yeah, after school tutoring. No, no, I found it. I found it. 15 years old. So oh, so they are they doing are their after school yeah. tutoring. So I'd say the Greeks do the best. And then Poland, because they all get to get out of school early and take naps. So they're refreshed. <laughs> and then the U.S. because we are silly. <laughs> I asked my parents to give me their feedback on Greece and how you think they think it compares. Uh-huh. And they said, you know, we really have to suffer a lot in our educational process. Like it's torture to have to go to school yeah. for like 12 hours a day. First you're in like the regular public school setting and then you have to do this private setting. Um, but that makes us just so much stronger as students mm. um, in having like these really strong math and science backgrounds. And so I told my dad, the data does not support your <laughs> assessment of your experience because you are the worst of the three. Burnt out. <laughs> That's what they are. So, uh, worldwide ranking, Poland is 11th out of 78 in the world. So it's highly ranked. Wow. Very highly it's the ranked. Naps. Yeah. The U.S. is 25th. Okay. So it's not like as bad as you would think. Okay. Greece is 43rd. Oh. So. Um, sorry, Dad. <laughs> so not so strong. Wasn't as great. Yeah, I was surprised by that. Is um, it because they're less well-rounded? They can't use their brain on, like, they don't have the creative outlet because there's no time for that. Which mm-hmm. follow-up exactly, question yeah. that you don't have an answer to, I'm sure. But the Greeks invented the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Um, why? Are the Greeks not highly ranked in the Olympics anymore? Is it because they're all studying? <laughs> it's just like I can't a burn name. Greeks. No, I love Greeks and I love Greece, but I just I'm I'm taking all this in and trying to draw my own conclusions. And okay, first of what, all, they have no time for sports because that they're is studying. true. They have very limited time and they are studying to the test. So I think the takeaway here, and this is the problem we have in the U.S., uh-huh. is that studying Same. to a test does not make you a better student. Correct. Yes. It does not help you apply the knowledge that you're learning in math to an authentic context. And so that was my biggest takeaway mm-hmm. is these Greek students are being tortured in how much they're studying. And mm-hmm. I've seen that in my family in the burnout of mm-hmm. you're in school and then you get to the university, which, by the way, is completely free in Greece, which is amazing. But also you have students that are never going to graduate. <laughs> 30. This is like a big problem in Greece. They don't graduate because they're not really focused. Why would you need to? Yeah. And it's everything is like covered. Like the tuition is paid for a lot of times, depending on your income level, the housing is covered, food, like it's just a place to live. Um, So the Greek students are definitely very strong, especially those that go into engineering, like the top students. Mm -hmm. But the average student in an international scale does not perform amazing. So I think it has to do with this teaching the test. The other piece I thought interesting was how many students, um, so in Poland, a very high number go into the university. So they're estimating um, this right now, the current cohort of 12th graders, 71% of them are going to do some kind of 
post-secondary wow. education in Poland. And Greece, it's about 50%. In the U.S., it's about 45%. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. So whether that's like a technical college, a university. Mm-hmm. So hmm. that is some of what I've learned um, from the U.S., Greece, and Poland. And I'm sure there are people out there that are definitely more of the experts on these countries. So hopefully I did a good representation of each. But it made me very uh, reflective on our own system and also wanting to defend you know, our own, our, the United States has a very complicated educational system. It's kind of a mess right now. It's, I feel like it would be really hard to be that person that comes up with the system that, that we just are so diverse and so big. So Mm -hmm. how do you manage that? It just wasn't fair. I think when I was looking at the U.S., it was impossible to generalize the educational system in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I can tell you what it's like in San Antonio. You can tell me what it's like here in Graham. And they're very different. And we're both in Texas, four hours away. And trying to connect that to a city in Brooklyn or a school in Brooklyn, you know, I work with a teacher there, is extremely difficult. And so we, one of my classmates um, did Finland, which is highly rate. Yes, I've heard of how great they are. Amazing, right? And they do like this Montessori approach. They have like in kindergarten, I think for every hour they have to be outside for like 10 minutes, something like that. Mm. So they get a break every hour to go outside. Like they have this amazing like system. They're also very tiny. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And the, the person who was presenting said their resource, because they're not a huge country is in educating their population. So they really heavily focus and pride themselves on being mm. the best um, educated And that's a value system. So the whole society values those teachers as like doctors and lawyers here. Oh, that's a teacher. Wow. Mm. You know, they're very highly respected. So in reflecting on the U.S., we don't always have that same value placed on teachers. Mm -hmm. And I think that is one of the biggest issues. Which I'm wondering if there is a shift now that we've been through this pandemic. I feel like more people are seeing the value of teachers because Mm -hmm. of all that teachers had to flex during the pandemic with the whole virtual learning stuff that I, I think, especially parents who had to do the, like the crisis homeschooling, right. they were like, oh, wow, I see what teachers have to go through every day. Mm-hmm. And this is just me dealing with my kid. Imagine 30 others, you know, so maybe there will be a culture shift, but is there wow. anything else we can do? <laughs> I, we need to bring on some teachers and really talk about this issue because in my grad classes, in this one in particular, there were several teachers in that class and there was one that works with Houston ISD and she brought up something that was kind of scary to me. She said, there is currently a trend because yes, now we're starting to value teaching a little bit more but the system isn't catching up to that. Mm. So we're not paying teachers what they're worth. Mm-hmm. We're adding on top of what they're already doing with more testing, more expectations, more students. Teachers are leaving in like the highest rates we've seen. And we can't keep teachers in the classroom. Um, so to the response to that, because we have to educate students somehow, is the deprofessionalization of teaching. And what that means is we're starting to put teachers of whatever background, throwing them into classrooms. You don't even need a bachelor's degree. That's happened here 
Recently, yeah. yes. Our, we, our campus, that's first through third grade. And we're in a town of 9,000 people, so not that many kids here. We lost 22 teachers from that one campus. That's insane. And what I heard, because they were going to get a, uh, what's it called? exemption from the state on how many students can be in a classroom so that they could put 40 kids in a classroom, which is crazy. Yeah. Well, they ended up filling enough teacher spots because they were pulling people from random whatever. And that's the problem. And so now they're saying, oh, you don't need a background. So like, what's the point of training teachers? Mm -hmm. It's just not even a profession anymore. And then we're turning to technology and just relying on apps and computer math Mm -hmm. games to teach our kids Mm -hmm. and the teachers the people are becoming babysitters Mm -hmm. and so that's a really scary thought (laughs) that we don't need qualified people to be the ones educating our students so Mm -hmm. I hope that there's a shift there um but that's not a great place to end Claire (laughs) Way to be a downer, Natasha. So Sorry. tell me more about that cold winter in Greece. Maybe we should, <laughs> share, share a recipe for baklava or something <laughs> to brighten the mood. That's right. Well, on the brighter side, STEM can make a big difference there in students' go. lives. And we Don't can... be a teacher. Go into engineering and math and no. science. <laughs> we highly support all of our teachers. Yes. Um, And we love everyone out there who's listening, who's an educator, and we support you, and we value you. And this was just a very insightful study in looking at these different countries. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious to think more about how we can look at these differences and what we could pull from each other to just, like, in general, be better at educating our kids, because that is so important. Yes, and that is kind of our why and why we turned from engineering to become teachers in this crazy world is because we want to help those who are giving their all. Mm -hmm. And so if there's anything that you guys that are listening need um, that we can help you with, please reach out. Resources, ideas, we love to brainstorm with you on how you can serve your students, uh, especially in, in the U.S. with all the diversity and kids that uh, need some extra help. We're mm-hmm. we're here to, here to help you. So just reach out and let us know. And we respond. Yes, we respond to every single email we get. You can send us an email through our website or info at ofistem.com and we will help you. We might even answer your question on the podcast. We love doing that. Yes. So please reach out. But for now, stem space out. <laughs> Do 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 do